now by laying me down to sleep, I pray on my soul to eat. If I go before I wake, yeah, I know this. Um, I might go get a bottle of water too. I know you, you took. You took my day. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I, I saw that. So Turn me up a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's right. Uh, uh, the first one who sees it is a legend. I'm ahead like in the Cedric. So they beef shit and the way I ain't entertaining it like Cedric. Uh, I'm clever, but my endeavors are clever. Uh, it's fan business and Vito done married up. Protagonist smashing shit. Them beating me is by the slim as asparagus and carry sticks. Chariots on fire when I'm spitting like a dragon. They quit to judge a nigga when they see me bob sagging. Nuts dragging, get the fuck off my sack, bitch. We got this lot, throw away the cuffs. I'ma get it by any means. Young snow on the bluff, uh. Without the pain of losing my baby's mama, but still enduring the pain of losing my father's mother, but. She looking down proud of me Riding till the wheels fall off I know they tired of me The firstborn, I can never go with second best The hottest nigga spitting I ain't even sold a record yet I spit the real, that's the real You feel every breath And you don't want war with your scary self Cool blacking and Bruce's belt My snapback with Coochie girl I snapped that, she snapped back Through all my Tim's and Coochie girl Now back to the lesson at hand With this piss and all these lyrics I always took in the stand Damn Feels like I'm getting colder. I feel myself numb and numb as I get older. Or could it be my past? No doubt. And I respect that too because a lot of times, well, I ain't gonna say a lot of times, but when people like to rehearse sometimes, it all depends on who it is. It comes across a little less genuine as far yeah. as conversation goes, so right, it ends right. up. It's like politicians up. when they reading off that teleprompter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 man. It's the PR. They go do some. They go do their little research on the question. Just be a bit more articulate, you know. Look up the jargon, you know. Just be a bit more politically correct. But I like to just really just spill from the pure energy of the conversation and me, you know. So professions, imperfections, is all. It's all good part of the the process, you know. <laughs> That's only how you heard so far. I only reason I scoured the rest of my didn't put an ear to it like I wanted to yeah yeah per se because a lot of stuff was happening for me over these past handful so yeah yeah nah definitely that was a good that that's a good foundation black frame is like the centerpiece to like the music that's like if you look at a table there's like you know, there's always like you know your grandma house you go to grandma's house, there's like a fruit bowl yeah that's the, the that project is like the bowl that holds the fruit of my music so how did how did everything start? What was what made El Vito say, "Yo, I'm trying to rap." Two and a half LCs, let's go. 
Because you already started. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh, we in it? We, we in it? We, we, we in here let's, now. Let's dive yeah. in. Let's dive in. Um, okay, so I've always been a fan of music in general. My father, um, he loved like Run DMC, LL Cool J, and Rakim, which actually my middle name is Ramel. Uh, whole name is Carlos Ramel O'Brien. But the Ra and Ramel came from Rakim. And um, which was, you know, the guy them see, and you know, that's that's what they call him. He's he and he's like, I ain't front. He's like one of one of like the most influential rappers that came out that didn't have to actually uh, curse in his lyrics. If you know, as you listen to a lot of his stuff, he said some dope stuff, um, and then he didn't have to curse, you know. But uh, what what got me into it was the fact that I've always been a person, a steward of music, and a student of music. To, from you know Michael Jackson to the you know Jay Z, Nas, you know just the the legends of the golden era, but it wasn't until Biggie Smalls dropped this record called uh, Victory. You guys remember that? And when when he dropped Victory, it it, it literally like changed my life. That's why Biggie would always be like in my my top five. But it changed my life because the way the rollout. The way he dropped that, what he said in that record, and the rollout of the record, the video. You guys remember that video? Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. very, very yeah. theatric. The vi- if you go go back to Biggie Smalls' victory, like that video. If you know, you it could go toe to toe with any video out right now. It was very theatric. I don't know how much Diddy spent back in the day. You know he had a bag, but um, he dropped that video and it's like Buster Rhymes is on the top of the roof like a gargoyle and stuff is blowing up and it was very theatric but um it was very uh it was a very classic verse and when when I heard it I just thought I'm like man I immediately started writing like at that moment like literally I was like at the table and it was mad stuff on the table long we'll get into that because I'm the oldest of six grew up in the hood so it was Grab whatever you could find and write write on it. So I grabbed the peep, uh, napkin and just started writing immediately. And I just started, you know, um, you know, I always say, uh, for the commission, they asked for permission to hit them. You know what I mean? It, for that first thing, I want always, that was like a, a killer, like, opening. Like, like, it was very, the way he enunciated it, um, I wanted to kind of just emulate that whole thing so i would like take what biggie smalls used to rap or say and kind of just from the actual enunciation to the syllables in the each verse and try to emulate it with my own words so um i started doing it at that point and and that's part of it. fast forward that's how i got my my name you know uh lv and the lv though is love victory so you, the only way you can win is through. I love to win, and the only way you can win is through love. And out of my love for music, it came from Victory, which was created by Biggie Smalls. Okay. So, long story short, it came from Biggie Smalls' Victory. So y'all check that out, definitely for sure. Okay. So, how did you have the wherewithal at that point to say, "I need to study in"? listen to how these artists announcing their words and craft their lyrics and verses for each of their records because i had no idea how to rap you know what i'm saying at okay. this first i just 
knew I liked things that rhymed. I liked catchy tunes, but it was something about something that said someone that said something that that kind of stuck to me. It's like eating. It's like eating. You know, if you eat sandwich without bread, you know you're gonna be hungry for a little bit. You know, well, if you put some bread to it, it's gonna stick to you. You're going. You're going. You're going to remain. You're gonna have some substance in you for a little while. So. Music like that, the Biggies, the the Pox, can't forget about Pop, the Biggies, the Pox, the Jay-Zs, the Nas's, they they said things, even Wu-Tang, they said things that that stuck to me. And I really wanted to know how to do that. So I emulated how to do that. And the, the only way to know how to do something if you 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 try you emulate it. Like uh if a, a, a person wants to know how to cook. They watch, they watch a cooking show. They look at recipes and they emulate the recipe until they perfect it and they create their own method. So that was, in sense, what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I was looking at the recipe of rapping until I created my own recipe. What's your all-time favorite bar slash verse from anybody you've listened to? Sheesh. You ain't gonna say whole verse, obviously, but if you got just a bar, that's just this is the one. Um, um, Jay Z did this verse, man. Um, and I got it's a lot of them, man. This one just just come to me. He said this verse. It, it was it was a Grammy family freestyle. I don't know if you heard of that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he say, uh. Everybody want to be the king till shots ring. You laying in the balcony with holes in your dreams. Or you Malcolm X style getting distracted by screams. Everybody get your hands off my jeans. Everybody look at you strange and say you change. Like you worked that hard to say the same. Know what I mean? Like that. What up? I forgot what else he said. But those those lines right there, that was so... It's crazy, yeah. That 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 whole that whole freestyle, like the Grammy family freestyle by Jay Z, was incredible. But that everybody look at you strange and say you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, is something that that I that stuck to me then. I think I had just graduated high school when when he dropped that. He was in retirement, and I was in a I was I was in a real walking a tight rope between the streets and like creating my own business, like being my own man. So I was really one foot in, one foot out type dude. But I had this thing about me that certain individuals on the street would cling to, but co like corporate cats, like individuals that, that should speak, speak a different jargon would actually speak to too. So I was kind of like, I had the best of both worlds, but I was like, That's, the streets couldn't, you know, I just couldn't leave the streets because... As soon as I step one toe into the next direction, catching a block, we're like, "Yo, man, what are you doing? You, 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 you speaking? I, I would, I would articulate myself different." And and they were like, oh, "Articulate? You talking white? Like, what are you doing? You know, like." And then you know, you as a kid, you know, as a seventeen year old, eighteen year old kid, you looking like, "Damn, am I?" You know, you start questioning yourself. Then you want to go a little bit harder in the street just to prove that you, not trying to be that way. But when he when he said that, it, it confirmed. My my destiny. It confirmed my destiny, and I transitioned. I made that transition, and I still I still speak with with homies on the block from the block, but I'm not on the block. You know what I'm saying? So I'm speaking to them from a different view and showing them the way Jay came from the block and where he is. 
I kind of wanted to be that influence to my people, you know, and I continue to do that day in and day out. It's a constant fight as us as black people to kind of not tap into that that uh, that instinct that we had to survive because of the, the plight of America has not been created for us, even though we created the landscape, you know, um, but yeah, uh, that that's one of my that's one of one of my favorite lines, you know, or bars uh, from from Jay was one one of the people that inspired me. Favorite El Vito bar. <laughs> how long, how much time we got? Oh <laughs> 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 uh, man, jeez, jeez, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with like. Jeez, um, I'm gonna go with a recent one. Uh, I did this joint called Man, uh, Mandela. Yeah, I know what Mandela means. Uh, Mandela means power. You know what I'm saying? That's what a lot of uh, Black Panthers used to say back in the day uh, when 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 they were in there, when they congregated and they spoke. Uh, but I say. Uh, a Mandela, word to Mandela. I plan to turn the world Wakanda to T'Challa. Godfather, Beatle, Father, the Son, to shine bright, brain light, turn my energy up. Photosynthesis, the pigment from my pockets turn green from the light. It's magnificent, so arrogant. No heritage, 400 years, now we here, give us our reverence. Mommy go digging for daddy like where her parents is. It's only about your mind, care less what your parents is. So intelligent. So eloquent, I'm melanated. Fuck your reverence. I thought I told you it's the business. Run up in your capital, opsis might pence. Contracepts, we overcome, overcame. It's time that they know our name. So that's something I could just think of right now. There's so many other joints, man. I can't even. That's you put me on the spot with that one. But, I, but yeah, that's that's something that's coming off my net. My one of my new joints is coming out soon. Okay. So yeah. So. Where you from, man? Durham, Bull City, mm-hmm. born and raised. How was life growing up? Life growing up, of course, I don't want to sound cliche like a cliche, but it wasn't. It wasn't easy, but it was. It was a journey, you know. Um, oldest of six kids, um, three boys, three girls. Mom did the best she could do. Uh, food was scarce. But we 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 made the best made the most of it, um, you know. It's so funny. I'm gonna tell a story. Like this, why this how I learned to make something out of nothing. You know, uh, this how bad it was for us sometimes, man. But it was great. You know, this I didn't know. You know, it was bad until you know. Of course, I got kids of my own that never do this, but we couldn't. Yeah, when Christmas time came around, you know, there used to be these uh, ads that used to come out, man. Uh, where they used to have like these toys every year. They're like these seasonal items, superheroes, you know, Batman, Spider-Man. But they used to be like when the the, the, the top selling items be like cut like real big. They'd be like real big in the, in the, uh, the booklet. Uh, I would use it like I had tape, like scotch tape. Slap it in the back of the uh, the paper, cut it out. And I had like a uh, Ziploc bag. I put it in my Ziploc bag and I played with them. 
So that's how you know that's that fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get the toys. So yeah, I used to cut them out. Yeah, oh, that's yeah crazy. crazy. Oh. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that's real. Yeah, my man. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, then. I, I thought I, I was gonna be like, yo, I thought I was the only one who did that, man. Nah, I used to do that. Yeah, for sure, man. We and had them in a, in a ziploc bag, and like, but I had tape in the back. That's preserved. That kept them from getting ripped. You know. Yeah, I used and to then put mine and, on like the either like computer paper or like cardboard. Yeah. Make them like an action figure, so I can actually. Yeah, for them. sure. Yeah, that, <laughs> nah, that was dope. That was dope. Nah, I used to, and also, I mean, I was, um, you know, I'm left handed or whatever, but I drew, try, I could draw. Try the left -handed you know what I mean? You know, I'm left handed. Left -handed you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a lefty, but you know, I, I had a knack for drawing. You know what I'm saying? So I've always been in art. So I used to draw my cutouts as well. You know what I mean? Used to cut, draw them, Dragon Ball Z, every any character. I used to cut them out and play with them, man. Like honestly, and I would never forget, man. My my what what stopped me from doing it was uh we had a collection. Me and my homie, my best friend, had a collection of them. He had a left him at my at his uh at his house, and Step Pops was like an asshole. He threw him away. Mm. He threw my, you know what I mean? He threw him away, man. So. That was that was the end of that that saga, but uh, you know that that's that's that that kind of provides a little backdrop to my upbringing. You know, um, we never had much, but we had each other, and uh, that was the you know it was as as dark and you know cold sometimes things were. It was it was some beautiful times as well. That kind of we we bonded. You talking about the cable cable cord? We used to use one cable cord. We used to. One bedroom, we slept in the living room, cable cord, pull it all the way from the, the bedroom to the television to the point where if you slip, we we, were, we had like two different TVs because people would trip in the back of the cord to come out the TV and, you know, to the point you can't put it back in there. Yeah, I mean, I got some stories, man, but it was, uh, it was, uh, it was some beautiful, it was some dark but beautiful times. What's, uh, so I'm going to ask you a two-part question. What, growing up, what is your most important learning experience good and bad what i mean by that is a great moment you learn from and a bad moment you learn from growing up that impacted you to who you are today uh let's see not having not having kind of taught me some things like i said you know drawing to the point where it's almost like when you uh it's like surviving in general, right? Like you not you want something, but you're gonna do whatever it takes to get it. That's where it goes back to like cutting out your, the action figures to the point and making it feel real. You know, I just from that whole situation, I learned to kind of if I, whenever I'm struggling or going through something, I'm clairvoyant enough to see the outcome of it. I'm not, I make a negative into a positive easily, and I'm able to motivate the people around me so they see the positive in the situation. So I don't I don't look at any for like not having nothing. I looked at it as an opportunity to create something. So whenever I'm in a situation where something is not working out or, you know, I'm falling short or, or it's hard, I look at it as an opportunity. I look I ask God, I'm an avid uh, I'm an avid speaker and the guy I talk to him all the time. What people think I'm crazy. I'm like, listen, but God, what 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 do you want me to learn right now? But even though he doesn't speak to me at that moment, he speaks to me through people and actions and things like that. So I look for it. I look at it as an opportunity to to thrive. Um, 
a good thing that I, that that happened to me as a kid that I learned um, that that carries on to me now is uh, two things: uh, family. Family is everything. If you ain't got money, a, a dollar in your pocket, or good health, you got family, and that's that's for damn sure. You know what I mean? You got them. They. When you don't have anything, you got good times. You could play with them. You could talk to them. You know, granted, if you're going to fight, you know, you got your growing pains that come with growing pains, but you have family. And also, I had an uncle that took care of us uh, when growing up. He he was very, like, uh, well off. And he would come and uh, it would just hurt his heart to come to, like, the hood and, like, see us living in that state because, you know, my father wasn't around and things like that. So he would come and, like, jeez, man, y'all, y'all living, like, tough like my mom's name Pam he's like hey Pam you know and he'll help us out he'll you know provide funds or whatever and you know when the holidays did come when we're not when we develop a relationship here we do good in school he'll give us a toy that we want or something like that and so with that being said I I've somehow transformed into that for my family you know I'm like that for my nieces and nephews I provide that uh that sense of hope because I, I chase him like I tell I chase I chase him and uh and Jay-Z like those two guys and the rock the rock the rock is like my guy too like like them three is like I turn them all to like one person my uncle Jay-Z and the rock like they're like the people that I, that I chase after so I'm like that beacon of hope to like my family you know uh the first one to do a lot of things um and I want to, you know, for my nieces and nephews, I try to, I try to provide them whatever they need, whatever they want. So they wanted to go through what I went through. So, yeah, those two things. You say you were the first to do a lot of things in your family. What's that thing that stands out of you being the first that you can tell that had an impact on everybody once you started doing it? Uh, I was the first one to be married. Mm-hmm. Uh, since, and that's that. Man, that's that was 2013. Uh, I got married. Got married at 25. By that, as I mean, 25 years old is fairly young to some people, but by that time, I was like a 35 year old man because I had lived. I had lived a very fast life. I grew up fast. I mean, five years old, I was cooking dinner for my breakfast for my little brother while my mom was at work. Yeah, I mean, in the house, Dolo. She's four years. He's four years old. I'm five. You know, I'm cooking eggs and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I had to be, like, some sort of genius kid or something, like, because I had no idea how to do that, man. I'm making pancakes out of, you know, you get the baking soda and and on, and the water and, 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 uh, and the little eggs and stuff like that, man. They, they were nasty, but we made we made the most of it, you know. But, um, yeah, 25 years old, man. Um, got married. Uh, the first person to start a business in my, in my family, uh, former official LLC. Uh, first one, uh, first one to get the, the furthest the co- in college, um, and I'm I mean, I'm speaking in terms of this generation, you know, um, a lot of lot of lot of this. If you if you sp- see a lot of people in this generation, the morality, and I'm not judging anyone, but the the level of morality gauge is is low. Uh, it's like it's like pretty much you are who you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. That's cool to a degree, but I got I got three little girls that that's watching every step that I make, and I want to lay down the foundation for them. Now you could be who you are, love who you are, but 
I want I want you to have a standard for yourself because at the end of the day, the story that I'm that I that I'm writing for for it's not only not only for myself. I'm writing for the legacy of my family. My name, my last name, O'Brien, means something, and I want to be that uh, I want to be that face and that portrait around uh, that's hanging above that round table where my descendants are in a prosperous position. You know what I'm saying? Looking at looking at me and like, hey, he made that happen because he listened. He you know, he listened to the creator and also he had a, a vision that was bigger than himself. You some kind of wonderkin. Only reason I kind of say that is because you one knowing how to cook breakfast at five somehow some way. Yeah, you might have been blessed with the gift of observing and knowing how to create and react off of what you're seeing and it just works for the most part if i'm wrong just let right, me know right 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 yeah but oh. then carry that on to how you create and craft your music yeah. and your language and how you i like this when i hear certain artists yeah that may be quote-unquote locals or just only say quote-unquote because of the potential of yeah. where People could go once right. they hear. Right, right. Seasoned. Yeah. That's when I heard your music. Even though it's your first album, I'm like, yo, for a first album, even this 2015 is his first album for anybody who doesn't know, called right. Black Frame. Right. I say, yo, for a first album, this is sounds professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to my engineer, man, my, my brother Shaka Harley, man. He, I was just talking to my bro here. I'm like, I was just listening to it. I'm like, Yo, that's my shit. That shit sound good. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, this sound like it sound like I literally recorded it yesterday. The way he mixed it, it was, yeah, phenomenal. And the the, the stuff that I'm talking about is so still 2015, but it's still so current. It's I told my my bro, I'm like, yo, this is is good, but it's fucked up at the same time. I'm like, yo, he's talking about the plight of the black man, and it's still happening like 2022. So it'd be 10 year anniversary of 2025. Hopefully, things is uh different i know it's gonna be different for me and my people but yeah but appreciate that bro yeah it's almost man all right yeah cool is and it just spawns like so many questions it's just all right you got to that point and then building it from there and doing what you're doing today that's it's good to see but that takes a lot of work that's not an overnight thing at all and knowing as Having being engineering artists in the studio, working with artists, and being an artist myself, I know the how hard and how long it takes to become yeah. something like that. Even if you may or may not have a gift for that, but you are the ones that do for sure. And with the production, the way you crafted, you have the ability to do the crossover stuff too. Right. That's what I also noticed. So yo, he can. He's really a mainstream artist once. He gets looks, looks. Right, right. And when I first seen you at Bull City Summit, I seen you talking about that crypto record you got. I said, mm-hmm. huh? Got a crypto yeah. placement. What? Yeah. So yeah. real quick, speak on that before we get anything else. You yeah. Got a crypto placement. Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know about crypto, uh, it's the inevitable emergence of, uh, of financing. You know what I mean? So... If you're not on it right now, I suggest you get on it right now because our ops, they're on it right now and they're doing everything they can 
just like from that, if you notice know from that crypto conversation, I mean, my man, I'm not clowning my man or anything, but he said nothing that of uh, value, which I, of a, he spoke in jargon, which was over a lot of people head. And he wasn't speaking in terms of things that could actually help the artist. This is what that was an artist crypto one on one type deal. But he meant he was kind of measuring crypto to the stock market. And they're two different things. They're two different things. So I could talk all day about crypto, but it's definitely a digital um, asset financially that's beneficial and it's constantly growing. It's constantly going, growing and could change people's lives like it, it changed my life as an artist. So with that being said, I used to, I dwell in uh, crypto people. They dwell in the two T's, Telegram and Twitter. And I developed a relationship with a crypto community by the name of Addy finance and they they uh they were seeking they were looking for like a theme song and telegram and people was just looking you know sending records sending music like jingles to them and it was just um it was very generic and my my homie was like yo man yo dude you should do this man you should. i said no they got they got pay me they got pay me big time money man they got pay me you know so i said they need i need one trillion Addy, you know, and 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 that equates to like maybe probably like eighty thousand or something at the time. But they they presented my homie presented it to him, just threw it out then and you know they shot it down. They were like, oh nah. But then they heard my music. They were like, oh what what is he willing to do? You know what what is he willing to do? So you know a couple months went by and I just happened to be in the studio, and I start I saw the community. I started to believe more in the community because they do these things called AMAs. Uh, ask me anything where they're just uh. They'll just do like a live chat and all the people in the community, it kind of, it's almost like crypto church, you know, where this guy, he speaks and he kind of just rouses everyone up and talk about how big the community is, all the, the utilization that they have. And because crypto is big on like hype and utilization and things like that. So I was chilling one day, man, a couple months went by, I was just chilling and I just heard a beat and I knew enough about the coin and the community to just have a conversation. So it's nothing for me. My, my my process, I could just go into the studio and if I know enough about it and I don't talk about anything I don't know about, I'm able to rap it, rap it. So literally, like I went into the studio, told Shot to put his beat on and I rapped about it. I said, Adi, 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 Adi. And that was the first thing that came up. I'm like, yo, Shot, what do you think about that? He said, yo, yo, keep going. I said, yo, keep that. So the hook, the, you know, it was like, Adi, 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 Adi. Adi, 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 always incredible, doing the impossible, overcoming every obstacle, adi gang unstoppable, and that was like the, like the, the, the chant for the, the, it was, it wanted, I wanted to create something that you could run to, work out to, it was very like montage, like, you know, uh, but yeah, I created the record, um, submit, send it to him, the raw version, send it to like the, the head developer guy, and one of the one of the uh the marketing guys and he went crazy like literally they wanted to drop it like right then but I'm a sound snob so it wasn't ready you know I say yo I, I it wasn't Mitch the Master that's, and I always tell people that when you listen if if it's not Mitch the Master I tell people like it's not Mitch the Master so I know you it's not perfect but it, they thought it was good so I was like yo all right perfect all right well I'm gonna I'm gonna knock out the 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 finalization of the hook and then you know we could we could talk about some things. Um, long story short, we negotiated a five-figure situation. 
they sent it over before I mixed and mastered the record. Like literally, they, the crypto community is built on like an old school trust thing. Like it's no contracts or nothing. So literally, people they get screwed all the time by different people. Like they could have just, I could have been like a scammer. They could have just mm. sent the money to me and I could have just ghosted on them completely. And they, they, it happens to them all the time. They lose 50000 like that. You know, that we're thinking, believing someone is who they are and they're not. Um, but that's that's the creed of crypto. You know, that's what happens. I done lost I done lost a lot of money in crypto. I made a lot of money too. But in this situation, that this five figure situation, they they sent it over to me when they sent I before I even sent them the record. And for me, a person like me, for you to give me that type of amount of money to trust me with that type of money, I'm gonna I got I I live by the code of the street, man. I I got a code of ethics. You know what I mean? So you give me that, I'm gonna deliver. I'm gonna deliver what I say I'm gonna deliver. And I delivered it to them. When they the thing about crypto, financially, like I say, five figures, you send that to a bank, you're gonna probably gonna take five to ten days for them to that do checks and balances, validate who you are, make sure this ain't a scam. They sent that to me. I got it in less than five minutes through my crypto wallet. They sent it over. It's there. I refreshed my wallet, boom, right there. Sent it to my Coinbase account. Sent it to my bank. It took them five days to process it, but I got it into my account. Damn. Five days later, I'm in. Um, five days later, a week later, me and my bro, my other guys, we we in Florida shooting a video. With with the we you know what I'm saying we done bought we done got models cars got an Airbnb. I was saying when I first heard it, I heard if I came over here, I yeah. thought it was talking about a car. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought yeah. it was talking about a car. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah Got say Addy, 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 Addy. More O's in the Addy. Yeah. VIP in the party. I don't even need ID, but yeah, it's, it's about a crypto community. Okay. It was a, and I broke it down to an acronym: always incredible, doing the impossible. Mm -hmm. So they they took that whole thing like I'm, that, that. It's like Nike. They took mm -hmm. that whole thing like Addy. Always incredible, doing the impossible. And they took that and ran with it. I created like a whole identity for them. Uh, but yeah, we went down there and had a great time. It was phenomenal. Like it was, it was love. Like it was, it was great, right? <laughs> so we 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 had we had a ball, man. So my my guys were down there. And we we had we were in a dope, a dope dope spot, man. Hot tub. It was it was beautiful, man. We was balled, it we video balled was out. It or was it something different? Uh, no, no, no. We 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 shot a video. We we just did some extra. We wanted to shoot a video for it. Um, and that was part of that was part of the deal. Also, when they paid me, um, we just budgeted out how much it was cost for the trip, the models, and things like that. But it was real, like real deal video. We met with one of the guys at the time that was a representative of the other community. He came, he shot the video with us, and it was it was beautiful. So if y'all haven't seen Addy Gang, that was that's a dope that's a dope record, dope video. So for sure, it's it's, it's one of them things uh, that that's definitely something that. Oh, first, and also, I don't want to forget, that's something I mentioned in, in the thing. I, I, I think I did, but that's the first on record, the first crypto theme song. Like, on record, like, Damn. literally. Yeah. It's a lot of people don't understand the magnitude of that. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. You know, like, like you're like, oh, you know, okay, yeah, but. It's not light. Yeah, it's a big, that's a big deal. And in the history books, I think that's real big for me. Yeah. And from North Carolina too, man. Shout out to all the yeah. NC people doing their thing. Yeah, Re Revolt picked it up and everything. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they picked it up and everything. You, you look, you go to Google right now. It's like a lot on Revolt, major people. The blogs understand, you know, <clears throat> they understand. But yeah.
So my first question is, um, <laughs> what's something that people seem to misunderstand about you? Uh, I don't know, man. You know, I think I had a conversation with my uh, my business partner the other the other day. They um, for some reason, some pe- people think that because I'm a person who want the best for a lot of people, and I want a lot, I want a lot for a lot of people, and sometimes the people don't want it for themselves, and. Some people would think, like, because I'm in a position I'm in, is that that I'm actually I'm not I'm not doing what I say I'm doing. I'm not trying to help people. I'm I'm a per, I'm a I'm a pompous or my I'm a narcissist. Mm-hmm. I'm a, uh, I don't I, I guess whatever you would call into that category. But you know, that's all perception. You know, you you would see me. I I'm, I stand firm in who I who I am as a man. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see me. I carry myself well. You're going to talk to me. You're going to understand a little bit who I am, you know, and what I stand for. And that's why I wanted you to listen to Black Frame because that that is an audio biographical project that where if you don't, if I was a mute right now, you would understand who I am from that project. Um, but, yeah, people, people, some people think I carry myself in a, in a manner in which I think I'm better than people. I don't think I don't you know I I don't think so. They go back to what Jay Z said. Yeah. You think you worked that hard to stay the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, my people, some of my people, uh, they they, all right. So this goes back to crypto. Some people are on the block, but they can't see themselves. That's a stop sign. They can't see past that stop sign. You know what I mean? They see all the cars that go in and out from that joint. I seen. I used to be there. I used to be like they they post up. Get out their house, brush their teeth, smoke a blunt, and go chill in the same spot. And as soon as you leave that block, they think you uh, you leaving them in a sense. You know what I'm saying? And that's psychological. You know, because I t- I've took psychology as well, and I understand. I, you know, and I take a lot of these classes. I'm in school now. Uh, I take a lot of these classes for now. Not a not a piece of paper. You know what I'm saying? I take I take it just for life enrichment. You know, there's some things that that I learned in school that. They don't teach. They don't typically teach. You won't typically find like searching, surfing the web and stuff like that because they they blind. You know the internet blinds you with like a fool, a lot of foolery. You know, sometimes of course I, I love I love a nice, nice beautiful woman like the next man, but I don't want to see twerking every time I get online. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's to the point where everywhere I go, my homies like, yo, yo, look at that right there. I say, mm-hmm. man, I say, where that's what's up, man. Yo, what we, what we, let's what we, what's up? What's on the agenda? You know what I'm saying? But. I know who I am as a black man. I know what I've been through as a young black man. I couldn't have, that's a record called Banana Pudding on uh, on Black Frame. Um, and I say, uh, the Lord must be watching over your boy. A few years back, it could have been over for your boy. I had the Camry, some foes tried off of your boy. Two shots rained and both ricocheted off that door. You know what I'm saying? That was a real situation. I, I was, And that was another situation that let me know I needed to be out the hood. God gave me a second chance. I was drunk one night. Me and my homie rode through the hood. Got in a situation with some guys. Uh, you know, typical things in the hood. You know, cats, cats in the hood, they'll fight. But next thing you know, they're on the block drinking 40s. Like, nothing happened. But this could have been a situation where it could have been, they could have been pouring 40s on the ground for me. Um, where it was a situation that happened. I turn, I turn around. I have, take my head to the window. I'm like, yo, we're going to be back. You know what I mean? All I heard was pop, pop. I'm thinking he shot in the air. He was shooting at me. I go home. I'm high. I'm livid. I go to sleep, wake up next day, go to the car. There's two shots that was like on the driver's side, ricocheted right off where the, the, the side view mirror was. It ricocheted off of it. Like literally where I was at, it could have, 
If it didn't ricochet, would have hit me. Lord, you know, Lord knows I would have been up out of here. Wouldn't be at it and be here to talk to you guys. But uh, yeah, um, I've been through a lot, and I'm not, you know, if you look in my eye, man, I'm not willing to let anybody take that away from me. Um, but I'm willing to help as much as I can to get people. Where I am, not only in a financial standpoint in life, but just in a, as a mental standpoint, as a human being, you know, just being confident in who you are. And once you get confident in who you are, you'll more there'll be more people that'll judge that judge you as well. We we live, we can't live for the to the uh, approval of people. Jesus didn't do that. Yahweh didn't do that. He 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 lived in his in his truth, and people hated him for it. He helped people, and people hated him for it. He loved people and they killed them. You know what I'm saying? And even on that cross, he still loved them people. So that's how I care myself. And, you know, regardless of what a, whatever a person feels about me, uh, thinks about me, I, uh, I love them. <laughs> What's the best compliment you've ever received in your life? Daddy, you're the best. I concur. For my daughters. And, you know, children are uh, so innocent. They tell the truth. Sometimes, they, you know, they tell too much of the truth. But they're truth to a fault sometimes. <laughs> but that's truth. To, you know, they're, they're just truthful. So when, when my daughters tell me that, I know they're, they're being honest. They're not trying to, they're not trying to make me feel good. They, they really want to say, oh, Daddy, you're the best. And, you know. That's something that I, that I carry on with me. That's something that that's some of the best. That's something that gets me going. You know what I mean, it's like coffee in the morning, you know. So, yeah. True. So becoming a <clears throat> when did you become a father? If you don't mind me asking. Um, twenty ten. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Life was very different then. You know, I mean, life was very different then. My wife then, now was a girlfriend then. Uh, damn, they're taking care of me at the time. Yeah, I mean, I was pregnant, working. I wasn't working, hustling. Yeah, I mean, doing whatever I wanted. Being a knucklehead. Yeah, I mean, and uh, she, she, uh, she loved me through it all. And you know, through that love, you know, created a little um, perseverance on my end, and allowed you know, God turned the tables around and allowed me. To, once my daughter. This is and this is a known fact. God takes care of the children. I'm gonna say that true, truthfully. The moment my daughter was born, life changed for me. I was on the up and up. The moment I held her in my hand, she looked at me in the face. It was up. <laughs> you know how they say it's up and it was stuck. It was up and it was stuck. I ain't turned back. Turned back. And things been up on the up and up since. When I had my first daughter, a month after I had my first daughter, she, my girlfriend, was, my girlfriend then wife now was pregnant again. So. <laughs> The man, man, just imagine how you feel at that time. You on the up and up. You trying. You getting. You you know financially. You getting. You getting sad. And then you got another one coming. So you almost fainting. Um, then Dada says you get. You having another girl. And you know I was. I'm like you know I was a bad boy back in the day, man. So the guy, guy was. He was giving me. He didn't give me what I wanted. He gave me what I needed. But uh, yeah, I had. They they are Irish twins, so they they're like eleven months apart. Um. And then uh, years later, you know, we wanted to go for go for uh, a boy, and God said nope. 
<laughs> Lucky number three. <laughs> you know, so had, you know that was that was about uh, that was about five years ago. She just turned five now, and uh, yeah, which each which each child was another uh, jolt of uh, uh, inspiration, another jolt of patience, and another jolt of love, man. Because I was very. The person that see you see before you today is not the person that was that I who I was back in the day. I was not like very easily angered. I had minimum minimum respect for women and uh, not much respect for myself, which I thought I had a lot of respect for myself. But I did things. My actions didn't reflect how I felt about myself. And with each daughter, uh, one is doing cross country now. One's playing golf, playing violin. My little one, five-year-old, is an artist. She's drawing like I am, and it's just motivation, man. And all of them are like little stages of my wife. So it's kind of just kind of every day I wake up, I look at my wife, and it's like they're giving me different reasons as to, like, more reasons why I love her. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of – and I speak about that a lot, man, because people my age or in, in the industry I am right now, they don't talk about that enough, you know. They don't – they kind of – it's not – marketable um so i try i try to stand true to my truth regardless of what you know and i try to stand true in uh the music i create so i can create my own narration to to my life opposed to a battery or, or a machine creating it for me yeah how would you say when you first had your first child to the most recent when you had how do you define your preparedness from your first one to the most recent child uh the first one um i wasn't prepared it was just prayer <laughs> i just prayed say yo god please allow me to be the the man a good enough man to take care of this little baby right here like i don't feel worthy right now but allow me to be worthy for this child so it was a lot of prayer um, for the same one for the second one. Um, the last one we was we was already married at the time. We was somewhat settled uh, until point we was like, okay, we want to plan. We want to plan. We want to feel like actually we're planning a child this time. Uh, so she's very spoiled to say the least. Uh, she's she, because she grew up with you know everything she wanted. When 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 I had my first daughter, we were still like. I lived with my mom. We was in the projects, bed bugs, all that shit. You know what I mean, so and the other and the second, they both kind of grew up in that. Uh, it wasn't until we got married, and then we got a, got a home, and they started to feel, you know, and see a different th- turn in life and things like that. But they knew what it felt like, so they're a lot. They're a lot. Uh, they don't really remember it, but it's like the way they carry themselves. They're not like. Uh, privilege at all you know they're very like you have to really like pull teeth to like offer them something they don't really ask for much which makes me want to get them any everything but the youngest she run the house man she run the house she's all over the place she she's a she's the ball she run the she she they ain't want to beat she beat my <laughs> the older sisters up you know they they you know i have to check her she's that little fireball that uh she kind of Provides a little, I guess, someone a little balance to the household, man. A little excitement. She's my little, my little, my little fireball. So yeah. You done? 
Yeah, I'm finished. I'm finished. The shop's closed. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted uh, three, man. Three was three is my enough for me, man. I'm just you know, not only just from a um, granted, I grew up in like a, a big family, man. But I wanted to. I just realized how tired my mother was. She wasn't able to. She had to work hard for for all of us, and she didn't really have much time to really. She didn't really teach us a skill. She, t I mean, you know, I, I learned a lot from her working. That's why I go as hard as I do, but. I learned a lot. she didn't really get a chance to have that one on one time with each one of us. We're we're kind of we're kind of learning that we're kind of doing that now in our later years in life. You know, she had to be tough. She had to be like mom and dad type deal to where it wasn't really much of a emotion that we that I seen from her. Just now, like you know, she's like I want to. I'm not giving her age, but she uh you know in our later years of life, she's pretty much we're we're bonding the way we. Should have bonded when it was when we were younger, and uh, but three, I'm able to. I got a busy. I live a busy life, man, and just with each one of them, I'm able to just kind of pour just the right amount of time and mm -hmm. uh, moments and life lessons and life skills into each one of them to where it's like they're not one is not getting less than the other. So yeah, it's not, that's just enough for me to balance, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And to that point, you just said of your mom not having time to be around y'all and give y'all the knowledge and lessons. It's something I think about from time to time. And who are we really getting our information and knowledge from when, when growing up, we're in school from the ages of either four or five, pretty much eight right, or more hours a day, especially if you're playing sports or doing extracurriculars growing up in school. Yeah. You only spending time at the crib for real for about, I would say, around like four or seven hours roughly right. every day as a kid. Right. So you're not really getting taught, so to speak, by your parents for the most part. It all depends on who you are and where you're living in your household. Yeah. But you're not getting taught certain lessons because it's not enough time. Mm-hmm. And then you're in school, and then you have to depend on, so to speak. You don't think of dependence, but mm -hmm. the school to teach you what you need to learn and know about life. And then you may not get it. You may have some resentment, possibly all depend on who you are and what you're going to as you get older. Mm -hmm. So, But what ends up happening sometimes is you get impulses and information from other people. As you're hanging around your friends, so you learn from your friends. Yep. TV, movies, music, mm -hmm. or whatever you enjoy. So how did you find the balance of, even though I'm busy providing for my family, of, all right, here's time I have to spend with my children and my wife so I can still have a family, even though I'm working a lot? Uh, you get caught up when, in, in the world of business, man. You get caught up in a lot of stuff, man. Like my company, Family Business, um, we manage... We do a lot of things that encompass, encompass entertainment. You know, we try to create a new plateau for the entertainment industry, being a black-owned company through and through, uh, where we manage artists from hip-hop to Latin trap. So we try to cover all across the board. So just think about budding business and a black man going through the things that we go through. You got you to gotta kind of pound the pavement because when you sleep and somebody working harder than you. So I kind of live with that mantra. And however, you know, having a wife, you know, she's always your better half. She's going to tell you some things that you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. So 
You know, you get them things where she's like, yo, you working too much. You need to spend some time with your kids. You need, you need, we need to have a date night and things like that. And, you know, you forget, you don't, you, you don't necessarily consciously forget, like forget them, but you get so caught up in the hamster wheel and, and, and you're like, I'm so close. I'm so close to changing the trajectory of my family. I'm so close to where you forget your daughters, you forget that your daughters are growing up every day. And I think, um, the moment my my first daughter started walking, I knew that I didn't want to miss another step in in, in her life, whether it's talking, um, writing, or whatever. I, w- I wanted to be there, um, and you know, my wife she she helped me. She she pretty much took my hand, like, look, this is what's. Uh, this is what's important here. And, you know, of course, she, she's right. She's right. Sometimes it's like you're looking at something, you know, you're looking at something in the microscope. You can see it, but you got to turn it. You got to turn that little lens a little bit just to kind of sharpen the vision a little bit. Focus. Yeah, change the focus a little bit. Yeah, and to sharpen that vision. So I'm looking at it, but she helped me change my focus. And just my sure just like having girls, you want to be able to be in their life every step of the way because there's a lot of women out here that that are hurt. They're hurt and they're, they're doing I, I dealt with women that that did things or was unsure, was unconfident in themselves because their father wasn't around. They had mommy and she did everything, but there's some, there's, it, it, the household needs to be balanced. You need, you need, you need, you need that sternness from the father. You need that love from their mother. You need you need you need that, and not all of us was fortunate to have that. And I wanted to be able to provide that, take some load off my wife, so she could be able to be herself. Because that messes up mothers as well when they have to be. It kind of they're built for love, right? They built they they're built to give love, but when you, when they have to be forced to be both, it's almost like a psychological collision. You know what I'm saying? She they they're fighting against themselves to be something that. It's missing in the household, and it kind of, thus, you know, you see the plight of, you know, society these days, you know. But, you know, I wanted to be an instrument in the household that kind of the tune my daughters in life to be able to be the successful young ladies that they are going to be. That's what's up, man. Go ahead. Got any more questions? No. Um, <laughs> all right i was listening to your first album and you had not a theme but it was a track where you talked about where you was it's past relationship i assume you're speaking about it had like an abortion or something? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah 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 uh um, she didn't tell you till afterwards yeah yeah that was uh what song was that? That was uh, really real, I think. That was real. Um, I, it might have been like, thank God I'm alive. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a relationship I had. It was one of my, like, my first love, like, created. Um, and that song there, man, it kind of dives into, um, and the title leaves me, man. But that song dives into like the psychological mindset, the way I was at that time. Uh, Cause I say my wife, you don't. The first verse I say, wife, my wife never shows. That says I never shows her show her enough affection. Maybe because when I was young, I had the jack boys for their neck. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
it just ties into that that theory of just that macho man mentality where mm-hmm. it's like you see so much uh, bravado and just masculinity that you don't you don't really show you don't want to show. It's not even the fact that you don't want to show love. You don't know how to because mm-hmm. all you see is like tough. Mm-hmm. All I watched was like boys in the hood and like men to society and stuff and kind of just wanted to be those guys like because mm-hmm. I didn't have I didn't see that in my household. But that that particular song to to your question to answer your question, um, yeah, that was my first love, and she uh, she had an abortion. Um, that she assumed that that was something I wanted, and that kind of she made a decision. She made a decision for me, and uh, that changed that kind of changed my my life because I was a person that was like an avid. And, and, you know, I'm not proud of it. I was like a person that was just out here and I would just tell girls like, hey, and, uh, you know, you know, I don't, I don't want a kid at 17, 16 years old. You got, you know, we got to, we got to, I mean, we got to go, go to the chop shop, you know, you know, and, and, and that was my, and I'm, that's something I'm not proud of, man. But, you know, that goes with not knowing, you know, and, 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 you know, just being selfish, you know what I'm saying? Being selfish and. Just uh, yeah. So with that being said, that was something that I think God was trying to show me. Like you was gonna try to, you was gonna say do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Well, what, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the decision out of your hands and see how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Which I felt like at that point, it was just, it changed my life. It forever, it changed like really, really put things in perspective to where sometimes I kind of. I really, I lose. I used to lose sleep, and I used to think about them. What it, you know, what it would be like, or what what would my kids be like, or what, what could what what would that be the boy, you know, or mm-hmm. or things like that. Was that the boy that I could have had, um, you know, stuff. You know, you live, you live. I live with that man, and you know, you gotta you gotta take that hit and just go through life, and you know, our relationship was never the same after that. Um, I think we immediately departed, but yeah, she went on to have kids. I went on to have kids, so you know, life goes on. Yeah, yeah I believe the song is called "I'm Alive." If I'm not I, mistaken, I believe so. I think I did. I think it is "I'm Alive." Yeah, because it's right after Banana Pudding. Mm-hmm. So I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Later, yes, I'm alive. That's the name of the check right now. Go yeah. listen to it regardless, though. Yeah, yeah. Go Check listen. out the whole album. Yeah, Black yeah. Frame. Go listen to Black Frame regardless, yeah. man. And Black, and Black Frame is an acronym. I'm like an acronym guy, man. I love, like, I just love, like, peace and putting meanings within words. So Black Frame is a uh, boy living as Carolina's king, forever reign, and many envy. So that kind of just put puts everything into perspective with that project. Speaking of that, I was listening to you for first. I'm like, yo, who does he remind me of? Like who? And I put a it dawned on me early Kendrick Lamar back when he specifically the double XL outrageous freestyle. Mm-hmm. That's what your first album definitely reminds me of. Who you sound like? Every- somebody was telling me about that, like Kendrick Lamar. Somebody gave me. Matter of fact, I got. After this interview, I just gotta check out some some of my new stuff, like for my next project. Uh, but yeah, they they mentioned like yo, you give me like Kendrick Lamar vibes, like Session Eighty, 
you know, was, yeah. you know, uh, rigor mortis. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, type vibe. So I'm like, yeah, that's great company to be in. Yeah. And the only main reason I said that too because I didn't know Good Kid, Mad City was actually an acronym either. You said what? I didn't know Kendrick Ken- Ken- Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City. That's an actual acronym. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yeah. When did you realize you were skilled enough to start making money off your art? Oh, uh, Daddy Record. But that was one, that was one, but... um. So when I record, I used to record like um, when I recorded Black Frame it was just me and uh, and Shaka, my my engineer, and I just wanted to create something. At that moment, it was like a bookmark to my life, and I never really thought about like getting paid or anything. I wanted to kind of create something that lived long beyond me. I wanted to create something that was like an autobiographical thing. So where if you seen Vito. If you want to know about him, you listen to this. Like when I'm gone, like this is this is who he is, you know. But um, after that, I started developing, building a team. I started building a team, and which every which every person that I was building, they would re- when I record on the spot because I like to record on the spot. I look at every person in the room. You may I, it may be dark, you can't see me, but I can see everybody in the room, man. Uh, when certain things I would say it would cause a reaction. I would see somebody in the corner who was like behind someone, didn't think nobody's that little. I mean, it would make these these faces like and I live for that type of stuff. That lets me know I'm in the right I'm in I'm on the right path. I'm in my bag. And uh when I realized when I realized that and I was uh I was evoking emotion, I knew that I would I people would pay for that. Like you go to a movie, right? You you so whatever emotion that movie, whatever feeling that you want from that movie, whether it's a an emotional movie where you make you want to cry, whether it's a comedy movie make you want to laugh, whether it's the action movie just gives you that adrenaline rush, uh, it's it evokes some sort of emotion, a drama, anything. So you pay for that. You go to movie theaters, you pay for that. It's people that bootleg, but some people for the most part pay for that. So I wanted to create, I wanted to be a person that uh, I can make music with my vocals like my my vocal is an instrument my you know when i rap it's an instrument i like to lay on the beat like an instrument it's a lot of people around here look at artists and i want and and this is very important that's want to talk to let people know your voice is an instrument that's something that you can't pay for you don't have to go to a you don't have to go to guitar center and buy a guitar or or a saxophone no you can use your voice you know and people need to pay for that I demand that people pay for my voice. My voice is unique. I bring I bring a sound. I demand that, and 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 I get paid for my I get paid for my performances, just like you would pay for pay for pay a white man with a guitar, to to play tunes with his hand with his fingers. I like I would like to get paid for me rapping, and and I don't think artists, I guess local artists get get that same respect because. They look at it like, oh, you're just rapping, or you're just a singer. Well, no, singers actually get get they get paid before a rapper yeah, get yeah. paid. They'll pay a singer uh, before they pay a rapper. Um, they'll pay a musician. Like rap is like at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to like pay. They expect you to do it for free because they they have these open mics. That's how they train you. Like when you do these open mics, 
you pay, you actually pay to perform. I stopped doing open mics a long time ago, bro. I stopped doing it a long time ago and I actually did my own, about a year ago, I started doing my own open mics, but I did it a little bit different. Yeah, artists paid to perform, but I gave that money back. I gave that money back through, uh, winners would get an opportunity to go to the studio where I would coach them how to record. Some of them was their, their first studio sessions. I would pay for that with some of that money or some of my, including with some of my money, help them get actual uh, cover arts, professional cover arts done. So it was, it was actually in a sense like uh, like artist development that I was doing. And those, these artists I have relations, still have relationships to this day because I put value back into them opposed to just eating off their off their hunger. You know, they wanted, they wanted, you know, I did open mics. I spent a ton of money in open mics and it didn't land me anywhere. I got a lot of relationships with a lot of people, but you want to perform, you don't want to perform in front of a crowd of other artists. They're just waiting for your time. They're looking at your drum. They're like, oh, you two more people and now I'm up. You know, I'm, I'm out of shine. You know, so, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I seen that a long time ago and it works for some people. Um, it works for some people, but I, I wanted to create something different. So every time when I go, it was a point where I would go to a show because I wouldn't do open mics no more. And people were like, yo, when you doing a show? When is your next show? When that time you performing? Because they, it was at one point, I, I lived right here in Durham. They didn't see me. I, I would make moves online with my business and stuff. They didn't think I lived in Durham. So when they saw me, it, it was a situation where they just like, yo, they were just happy to see me. And they wanted the next time they see me on stage, they were like, yo, they, they were going to be there. So when I realized there was a little, uh, there was some demand there, I supplied it, you know, cr created my own events and people paid for it. And to this day, I'm getting paid for my stuff. On top of that, I'm getting paid, you know, when when the uh, when COVID happened, um, that my company took a hit to where, you know, we thrive on live shows and merchandise and things like that. But we was unable to do so because of COVID and all the stuff that was happening with the, you know, us as a people, George Floyd and everything like that, man. And I started, I started to feel like slightly, slightly depressed. You know what I mean? During that time, it was tough, you know, because you was isolated from people. And, you know, uh, I had to try to figure out a way how I was, I was going to survive as an artist. So I, I actually was forced to redefine myself in a way I made money through crypto. Like that's when crypto was kind of like boom, and I had no what nothing else to do. I just had to just learn this, and I learned, I learned, I gained a relationship with this community, and that's when I created that that record during that time frame, and got paid the biggest, the largest amount of money I've ever been paid as an artist, like for one song. It probably took artists to do like perform a whole year to get paid what I got paid for that one song, and it was something that. I don't take for granted. Like I made, I did this year. I did the first NFT record called "Pirates of the Blockchain." The like on record, the first NFT record. Like I, you know, and I was given three, um, like these right here. Like these are NFTs. Like like I get, I was given three of these. Each of these are worth like ten k a piece. So if I sell it, I could, you know. It's cool, you know, but I mean, we're in a climate. Thing is about NFTs. If you you can't people, you got to sell it to people who got money. Yeah, Nobody got money right now, so I'm just it's just yeah. store value at this point. But just to have it there, it's nice to know that my art. I'm not just looking at like JPEGs. These they're actually worth something. 
Um, but I realized I could bring value to uh, companies with my music. That's something that should be paid for. It's it's not only it's like a give and take. They need they need the, the identity as much as I would like the funds, and you know I provide that. You know, take with guys, my guys went you know took my guys out of town. We went out of town and not only had a great time, we shot we shot a dope video and created great stuff. So and t as I continue to do that, my goal is to kind of show artists not only what crypto is. But the value of crypto and the value of themselves combined where they can actually cross over and make that make that crypto profit as well. But they first got to believe in what, what crypto is before they even get into that realm, because you can't dwell somewhere that you don't know what is and just try to do it for the money. You got to really be in it before, until you know what you're talking about, because these these tech these tech developers, they they know they're they're fat check you. If you listen to Adi, I don't know if you listen to it, there's a lot of like crypto jargon mm -hmm. in that song. You just listen to it, you would think it's like a regular record, mm -hmm. but it's a lot of crypto record jargon in there. Like you familiar with like the crypto terminology like FUD and FOMO I'm and a, I'm gonna get there with now, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I kept yeah. hearing that. I was like, what what is yeah. it? Forno, Forno, I Yeah, 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 yeah. Addy, 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 no FUD in my body. Like you it's it's a lot of um that's FUD is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It's just crypto is the word of like acronyms, like, and that's another reason why I like it too, because they it's a lot of acronyms, you know. Perfect for you. Yeah, FOMO, HODL. Uh, it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff, man. That we could talk about that. Would be like uh, another another podcast. Yeah, I got an idea for that too. We'll talk about it off here. But yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So last. Three more questions. Sure. Last two are questions we ask everybody, but this one is kind of like a question, but not really. I believe the difference between you and artists that are coming up or starting from the ground up, you develop the business mind and create a business for yourself that's profitable. And you looked at music as not just making music to put out autobiographies about your life, but you value your art as something that you need to be paid for because you know how important your voice is for sure. and what you're putting into your music. So how did you get to that point in developing family business and taking that to where it is right now? So, um, like I say, back to the open mic thing, I used to do a lot of open mics and I was like a standout, like off gate of when I performed um, every time to where it was this guy, he was managing artists, don't want to say his name, don't want to say what they they represent but they they weren't really they weren't really managers you know what i'm saying i felt like i was managing the managers so i'm like if i was managing the managers i might as well manage my own myself in my own company create a company by the artists for the artists we do what we say we're gonna do for the betterment of the artists and the art and i create that's what family business was about and it started off just as a you know, just a movement, but it was something that I wanted to create, like family. I'm all about family. I love my family, and that's like the foundation to who I am. To who I am. And business is something in the music industry that a lot of artists, 90% and maybe more of artists, don't grasp. They don't grasp it. Like, if you, it's, only a re it's a reason why there's only five consecutive people on the top five Forbes list every year. There's, I mean, you can name them right now. Jay-Z, Puffy, 
Kanye West, uh, Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, maybe. Like, out of there's a new artist coming out every year. There's millions of artists in the world. Why are they like the only ones that grabs that idea? There's because there's not enough people that's willing to show show them, or you know what I mean. And even the ones that are willing to listen, that, I mean, could people like, well, we don't want to show them because they're not willing to listen. No, you don't want to show them because you want all the money to yourself. And there's our pe there are people that are willing to listen. You just have to show them. You know what I'm saying? Some people don't listen to words. They listen to your moves. They watch your moves and they learn from that. So I'm not going to talk to a guy that's on the corner about my career. You know what I'm saying? But there are people that are in a position in these corporate offices that look like me and you that could sit there and chop it up with us in the jargon. And when I say jargon, that means the terminology and, and, and language that we understand, you know, um, and that's why I created Family Business. That was the business aspect. So Family First, like I said a song, I said Family First. I'm the man with the hammers that work. Your amateur jerk and flashy light cameras that work. Call my balls, bicycles, how they handle your verse. They want to play tough guys, but they rather rehearse. Um, but I say Family First because I like, I can't, it goes back to my wife, it goes back to my kids. I can't, when I, before I leave the home, that's why I don't write anything down because I can't. I don't have enough time in my life. I do too much shit to kind of to write anything down. So every Thursday, I record every Thursday at Playground. When I go to the studio, Shaka already know. Like, I done had a long day. I done, I done did homework. I done had business meetings. I done helped my daughters with homework. I done picked my daughter up from, from cross country. I done spent a little time with my wife. We done had dinner. I had no time to write. I just, yo, he said, how's your day? Yo, it's been a long day. I've been rolling all day. Let's get it. You know what I mean? Sometimes I just walk right into the booth and like, let's get busy. Um, but yeah, I, I I couldn't do none of that if I didn't take care of my family, though. I had to take care of my family first. I had to make sure my daughters was great, make sure I ate dinner with them and everything. It was copacetic. Uh, also, I want my wife calling me during my session, like, where, where you at? What you doing? You know, I just want to make sure I spend a little time with her and make sure she good. And, it, and it, it was never that easy at the beginning. Of course, you know, when you got to develop that trust at the beginning when you're in this entertainment that I'm in. But uh, we have an understanding now. She knows she's seen the results of the hard work and the consistent effort that I put into my company and my people and the foundation that I created to be where I am today. And, uh, yeah, the company called it's called Family Business, Family First, and family and the business doesn't get handled unless you take care of the family. And I'm a, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big uh, Godfather uh, fan too. So it, like that's where Vito come from. Like El Vito, you know, love it. Three, I had to put that in there. So, but yeah, I'm a big like godfather guy like you know you kind of come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding you know you that you know on to ask me for a favor you know i'm that i'm that dude you know and and it's crazy in a sense my life has like it's crazy has become like like that like like vito corleone i'm like i'm that guy i call myself crypto corleone like if you that's my identity in the crypto world so yeah i'm that guy so you'll see like my avatar is like a the Vito Corleone with the, he's holding like the crypto coin. So, yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much like the premise of why I started my business and why I named it family business. And the lion, the lion that you see here represents, um, my Zodiac sign. I'm a Leo. Um, it also represents carrying yourself as royalty. 
uh, not like you're better than anyone, but you just walk in excellence. And it represents the, the tribe of Judah. You guys know what the tribe of Judah is. You know, that's it's just that's just that cherry on top, you know. So, um, yeah. A word or a phrase that makes you great? A word or phrase that made me great? Clairvoyant. I'm able to see things that uh, people don't see until it happens. I'm 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 where I am today is because I'm clairvoyant. I can see I I see I was able to see where crypto is becoming and was able to make a profit bigger than ever the funds that I ever made as an artist. I was clairvoyant enough to see as a kid to know that I didn't want to continue to make cut out toys out of sheet of paper for my kids to actually make some for myself. I was, I was clairvoyant enough to kind of, to uh, not accept the position that uh, we were in as as black people and kind of just climb up, climb up out of that and make something. Um, it was not easy, but you know, when you got uh, patience and persistence and prayer, you got God on your side, you know, he gives you these visions that, that man can't see. You just gotta, you just gotta follow the, you just gotta follow the the, the tunes, you know, and just become the the instrument in his orchestra. Yeah. What is your brand? My brand is legacy. My brand is legacy. When you see this lion, um, I want to stand alone. Besides, I tell my, I tell my people. My recipe uh, for my brand, I want to mark. I want to advertise and market like Nike. I want it to be clean as Apple, and I want it magical, like Disney. And I want that's my that's my concoction of greatness for my company. And I want to, if you see those companies have stand the test of time for years, those are multi-billion-dollar companies and. I want this 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 logo to stand amongst those uh, those companies that are feeding families and changing lives and becoming just becoming like a household thing, you know, you know, everyone in it, everyone has somewhere has like Nike shoes. Everyone else has every someone has a, a Apple phone, an iPhone, and someone everyone has a favorite Disney movie growing up, like Lion Kings and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Um, that, I, I just want to have a company that kind of uh, those are companies that have legacies, and I, I don't think all neither one of them are black owned. You know what I'm saying? I want to be the first black owned legacy company that that's a household name for amongst um, families t- for generations. Any questions you want to ask us? Um, questions I want to ask you guys. Are you are you guys into crypto? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> hey, we got we got to change that. We got to get you guys up in there. Not yet. Yeah, for sure. We got to have a conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You say you do music. Yeah. Okay. okay. Since twenty eighteen, man. Since twenty eighteen. Yeah, man. Okay. Okay. 
All right, dope, dope. You record, and this is this is here is a studio, right? Yeah, you record my, here. Yeah, my studios. I'm an audio engineer here, but I also make my music here as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Dope, dope, dope. You've been, you've been, you sent you, you are, you, you're very articulate, man, and I like, I like how you, uh, you kind of uh, regurgitate the, the information <laughs> that I provide to you. Like you really like soaking in. You've been to school. You, you went to college. Graduated 2020. Okay. In communication with a, in concentration integrated media. Okay. Yeah. Dope. So dope. I didn't go to school for music, but I ended up getting into music because it was just what I wanted to do. Yeah. Dope. Dope. What about yourself? I went to school. I went to uh, Full Sail. Okay. Um, Florida. Dope. Uh, dope. Audio production. Yeah. You went online or you actually was online. there? Online. Yeah. Dope. Dope. So you do engineering and things here too? Not actually here, but I have my own studio where I kind of... Okay. Yeah, we gotta work, man. Yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta do some stuff. I guess yeah, show you how I get busy, man. Like you know. Um But yeah, man, so you guys both are in music. How do you guys create this podcast? All right. <laughs> you want <laughs> So this podcast, so I'll give a little backstory on me, it'll bring everything together. So I started getting into my creative endeavors in twenty eighteen. It was when I was transferring out of the community college to where I graduated from, William Peace University. So at this time, I grew up wanting to play basketball, but I was trash for a long time. I didn't figure out. Right, right, I'm just, right. just going to keep it a buck. It's <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It's not that I wanted to be trash. I just didn't know. I just didn't know how to be good. <laughs> right, right, so right. I was just trying as hard as I could to do what I could, and it was, it was just trash, not yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just it's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to a point where... 2018, I'm, I'm figuring out how to reroute my career path because now I'm at a point where I thought I was going to do sports medicine or pharmacy type of things, but I hate, I end up hating it. So yeah, during this time, I'm doing soul searching. I'm like, all right, I'm doing a Myers-Briggs test, finding out personalities and such, just taking different types of classes, getting back to my art. Even though I have a very analytical type of mind, I also forget about my creative side. Mm -hmm. as well so tapping back into that and getting into music literally just every day after hooping me and a former host of the podcast though we would always just be playing basketball but we always just mess around freestyling and mm -hmm. he had a studio in his crib and he was like oh you want to come rap i was like i ain't doing nothing else yeah why not and you know the old Beats microphones they used to have on the headphone jack. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's first thing we was rapping. That's first thing we was rapping on. Yeah. But somehow, somewhere, it gave me a jolt to all right. I want to just keep on going. So I ended up getting my first job scooping ice cream, and I ended up getting some money and to buy me a Mac, and I ended up buying me a Yeti microphone. Right. And every time I go over there, I have that with me, and we're recording, 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 just. Just because we just having fun trying to get better just out of love with the art of music. Mm -hmm. So fast forward a year, I'm trying to take it further because I also at this time getting into producing and at this time we started our first, did form a podcast called DZN Podcast. And it was just literally, concept behind that was I just wanted younger people at the time just wanted to put the conversations we had off air onto a show because I was listening to podcasts for the past three years since 2015. Mm -hmm. So I, but they didn't know what a podcast was. And at this time it was podcast was like, oh, what is it? What is it not? People still didn't know mm -hmm. what it was. So I had the foresight of, all right, let's do this 
you know, let's make a platform for mm. ourselves in our conversation where we want to go and, you know. Yeah. And then years later, rebrand, changed the name last year. It's a year old now to two and a half LLCs podcast, what you see here. LLCs, I mean, like acronym stands for Lucrative Life Conversations. No, don't. You can at don't. least get two and a half of them on the show. Right, right. So. Nice. That's pretty much how we ended up here. And also how it ended up specifically here, here, mm-hmm. 2019 intern at this studio right here, AMI Studios, because I wanted to learn how to make my records not sound like shit because yeah. you know getting into it, you don't know that put all the meters up to the max, is it going to make your record sound better? Well, you need to learn how to use buses and other plugins and make things loud and not clip. Mm-hmm. And seeing red is dead. So yeah, yeah. it's never good to see red. Right. So I want to get more knowledge on how to make my records better, but also want to become a better musician, a better artist, so far and so forth, and a better producer. Because yeah. I also was trying to make beats and I didn't even know what the Metrodome was at the time. That's that's how number some of the numbers I was. Right, 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 right. I didn't know that before <laughs> I came to the studio, I didn't even know how to use the Metrodome to count beats, bars, or whatever. I was just putting loops in from the program I was using called Logic at the time. Yeah. So, and then intern here for about four months, learn what I need to learn. Did I bring an artist in that I went to school with called Phantom Swami? And from when I learned, started working here as an engineer. Then later on, a year later, start had a conversation with, hey, you mind if I bring the podcast here? Because we, at this time, we was in the podcast starting to rebrand, trying to rebrand to an FLCs, bringing the podcast back. He's like, all right, you can do it here. All right, bet. And that's pretty much where we are today and how it used to be four of us, but five technically, but mm-hmm. now it's just us two because, you know, there's certain things that had to happen and we had to just, you know, Hey, we yeah. work the I show, understand man. the journey, man. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's a very long road, but we're here and we're just taking it to where it's going to be. Right. Nah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. That was a long answer, but. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's nah, dope. They give me like an insight, you know what I mean? Get to know each other during the, during the podcast, man. That's that's dope. Um, and I'll circle about Al. I mean, he ended up interning at the studio and. At this time, we were trying to figure out the show with Two and a Half where we're going to take it. I was just interviewing and talking to people that were just around. Mm-hmm. And he happened to be one of the people, but he happened to want to be one of the standouts, in my opinion, from who I was around. Obviously, mm-hmm. not the only standout, but yeah. that could help out the show. And I was just like, yeah, you want to be on the show? He was like, all right, yeah. And that's how we're here today. That's dope, man. That's dope, man. Yeah, I see. I really see like great things for this joint, man. Like I like the, it, the vibe, like the, yeah. the the questions, and I just like got <laughs> the the uh, the connection that you guys, you know, that you guys have, man. It's like a a, a dope, dope, dope vibe, man. You know what I'm saying? Give and go type deal. So yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, somebody bumping. But yeah, <laughs> somebody bumping like crazy. Before I I thought of a verse, man. I want to actually try to end it with, man. I don't know if y'all got any more questions, but I had a, wanted to end this, man. Um, uh, it was something. It goes back to one of my verses because there's so many, man. I could rap all night, but I say. <clears throat> They dummies, I'm talking Steve, I'm injecting a lethal dose. Stunt like evil Knievel, got one life, no sequel though. Pete the procedure, I proceed with the ether. I'm OG, so you know I go OT with the heater. 
Went for pick of potatoes. Now we getting tater bread. On spar, separate your body part. Mrs. Potato Head. Got it, I sell it. Got my bars and sales in Akatras. Got flow like my bro on Roll. Shout out to sellers, man. Serpents are lurking and biting at our feet. I guess Adam met Eve for Christmas and gift with her deceit. When I spit, they like sheesh. The haters grit their teeth. Cause with me, it's 15 minutes for a verse. They can't compete. I'm a piece of black history. Inspiring the streets. Before I retire to you creeps, I'm firing the heat. Cause these officers don't care. They'll shoot you down for free. Go home and kiss their wife and tuck their kids and go to sleep. And I ain't only talking to you. I'm speaking to you and him. The flow nuts. So I'm jumping off the roof above the rim. When the money come, you spin. I put the green on myself. The flow rona. I had to quarantine myself. One need to be said. This is the conclusion of the Two and a Half LCs podcast. We appreciate you all for being here in the morning, noon, and night, whenever you're listening to hearing this. As you all do or don't know, like the video. You will become greater when you do, so click the like button as always. Follow, share, and all that jazz on all the platforms. 212-LLCSPOD on Instagram. 2 space 1 slash 2 LLCS podcast on all podcasting platforms also youtube spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast you're gonna see us the yellow two and one half podcast with the black square in the background that is us and you can find me on instagram at r-e-t-r-o-d.r.e the combination three is coming out soon so be on the lookout for that and you can find Antoine over here at Carterboy2521 I think I'm going to be on the combination 3 I'm going to try to get on the combination 3 But okay, we'll, we'll see what happens with that And you can find our special guest El Vito L-V-L-V-I-T-T-O 919 on all platforms Everywhere, anywhere You can search, you'll find me L-V-I-T-T-O 919 Follow the company also, Family Business F-A-M-B-I-Z-Z-Y 919 on all platforms and stay tuned to all the great things that we have going on in the family business. All right. Cool, man. Yep. We out of here. All right. That's a Rizzy. Great, great. (laughs) Great.